the new virtual commute will provide much needed structure for the remote workday. I think that's interesting. Don't just get out of bed and start working, but have some kind of structure so it feels like a workday. Welcome to Innovation Talks. Join us weekly as we discuss with distinguished industry guests how to refine and improve corporate innovation and new product development as businesses aim for long-term success. Hosted by Paul Heller, Sofion CTO. If you're looking for additional information around new product development or corporate innovation, sign up for Sofian's newsletter where we share news and industry best practices monthly. The fastest way to do this is to go to sofian.com, that's S-O-P-H-E-O-N.com, and click the sign up and stay informed box. My first job out of the university was working for IBM. And somebody from IBM once told me, read our annual report carefully and you'll know where we're going. And that kind of stuck with me. And I've always read the IBM annual report every year. And as I got experience with other companies, I read some of their annual reports as well. My role is technology focused. And so I tend to read technology oriented annual reports. And there's two I'd like to share with you today, IBM and Microsoft, because I think they give a good impression on what those two companies think is most important. Let's start with IBM. Dear IBM investor, today your company is positioned to lead as we enter the era of hybrid cloud and AI. As I write you, the world is still experiencing disruption as a result of the global pandemic. Arvid Krishna, the chairman and CEO of IBM, begins his report that way. And what he talks about is witnessing over the past year an acceleration of digital transformation. In the next two to three years, we expect to see digital transformation at a rate that before 2020, we thought would take five to 10 years. So that's IBM's view of the world. They indicate that the most profound and exciting changes their customers are experiencing is the adoption of new business models based on digital technologies. AI-powered assistants are being used to offset the massive increase of requests flooding call centers. The meteoric rise of telemedicine and the use of hybrid cloud to build rich, personalized, secure experiences in areas like digital banking. So you see a little bit of their focus in there, but you also get the theme of AI driving a lot of growth. And I like the idea of business models, companies who are changing their business models to take advantage of digital technologies. He continues to go through and talk about the moves they're making to tap the immense power of hybrid cloud and AI. The urgency of digital transformation continues to fuel momentum for our business, he writes. Cloud revenue grew by 20% and now represents over a third of IBM's revenue. And so they see hybrid cloud and AI as the two next great shifts in the technology landscape. They put hybrid cloud opportunity at $1 trillion. And they believe that most of that is still ahead of them less than 25% of workloads have moved to public clouds thus far. And they write that the current enterprise deployment of AI is only in the single digits. They're clearly focusing their platform on global, complex, and highly regulated clients. They want a cloud, a hybrid cloud platform that is open, flexible, and secure. They write that clients find that choosing a hybrid cloud approach is two and a half times more valuable than relying on public cloud alone. They indicate that more than 2,800 clients are using their hybrid cloud platform 
and that's a growth of 40% over the past year. So significant growth for IBM and significant focus in the hybrid cloud platform they have. They're also focused on industry clouds. They have two of them, one for financial services and one for telecommunications. Then they move on to AI. They say that their clients are moving to deploy AI at scale, and IBM's AI platform is differentiated by automation, natural language processing, and trust. It is the only AI platform that can run anywhere, on-premise, private cloud, and public cloud. Also included in their report is the elevated role of partners and the rapidly expanding ecosystem. So clearly, they want hundreds of new partnerships from global system integrators, independent software vendors, and major third-party software providers. So the key message for me, the key takeaway, we hear hybrid cloud and AI, and we hear digital, digital technologies, digital shift, business models that are shifting as a result of the digital opportunities. Let's move over to Microsoft. So Microsoft's fiscal year ended June 30th. So that's, I guess, about 10 months ago at the time I'm, I'm reading this. And Satya Nadella's letter was dated October 13th of 2020. Satya Nadella being the CEO of, of Microsoft. He writes that intelligent cloud and intelligent edge, those are the era that he believes we're living in. Intelligent cloud, intelligent edge are being shaped by rapid advances in distributed computing, ambient intelligence, and multi-sense, multi-device experiences. Let's just break that down a little bit. I think what he means by intelligent edge is all the way to the edge of the cloud. In other words, the device in my hand. And that multi-device experiences he talks about is the edge of the cloud. And he writes that places we go and things we do, things we interact with are increasingly becoming digitized. And I think we all see that digital going everywhere. So they want to channel this intelligent cloud and intelligent edge era and focus on the technology to drive it. And they want to help every organization in every industry build their tech intensity. I thought that's an interesting word, tech intensity. And they want to be the trusted and aligned business partner to provide that. Obviously, it's Microsoft, so they're going to talk about Azure as their platform. 50 billion devices will come online by 2030. And Azure is the only cloud that extends to the edge. So there's that edge again. So they see that as their differentiator. They're going after the end devices, the edge devices. When it comes to data and AI, 175 zettabytes of data by 2025. I'm going to have to look up a zettabyte. And they want to process data in real time. So they're focused on a cloud that provides limitless data and analytics capabilities. So again, much like IBM, it's about the cloud. Microsoft's cloud being a bit different than IBM's cloud, both in technology and strategy. And then AI. And for AI, they're really focused on making it easier to build applications that see, hear, speak, search, understand, and accelerate decision-making. So whereas IBM might be focused on AI in different ways, perhaps from medicine, telemedicine, other types of things, here you just see the, with Microsoft, you just see the alignment back to their collaboration type of applications. Microsoft has always had a good relationship with technology developers. It's what made that company. They're, the fact that they always 
supported the developers. And clearly, they're focused on that continuing forward with new tools, capabilities to power remote development, productivity, and collaboration among developers. I think the next area that I'm going to speak about with Microsoft is really interesting. They call it their power platform. So 500 million apps will be created by 2023 that are going to drive transformation and productivity for every organization. So Microsoft wants to enable a new category of developers, something they call citizen developers. That's you and me. Citizen developers, equipping domain experts with tools that are low code or no code to create solutions that solve their unique business needs and help them better collaborate with professional developers. So let's say I'm a business analyst or I'm a departmental executive. It really doesn't matter my role. Microsoft wants to give me tools that enable me to create solutions that help me in my particular need, my particular area of responsibility, and also collaborate with professional developers. They go on to talk about the modern workplace. Now, remember, this was written in October of 2020. He writes, the past six months have served as the largest at-scale experiment we've ever seen for remote work. I think we can all relate to that. And they've obviously been studying that. They have tremendous, tremendous amount of data they can look at from Microsoft Office 365 and Teams to understand the changing nature of productivity. And they think about the future of work from three vectors. One, a system of collaboration. Their view is that work doesn't begin and end inside a meeting. So they're focused on the entire workflow around a meeting, before, during, and after. Not only do they have the meetings, calls, chat, content, business process workflows, but they're bringing that all together in an integrated user experience. Second, learning in the flow of work. So as you're working, you can be learning. And Microsoft's strategy is based on teams to help organizations skill, reskill, and upskill employees. They want to surface learning content from LinkedIn Learning and other providers and do that as part of the Microsoft Teams environment. And then finally, prioritizing employee well-being. So they have something called Together Mode in Microsoft Teams that reduces cognitive load. And the new virtual commute will provide much-needed structure for the remote workday. I think that's interesting. Don't just get out of bed and start working, but have some kind of structure so it feels like a workday. So those are those three vectors they talk about for the future of work. A system of collaboration, learning in the flow of work, and prioritizing employee well-being. Then they go on to talk about business applications. As much as 73% of data in the world is still not being analyzed. So obviously, huge opportunities there. They go into security. Cybercrime will cost businesses, governments, and individuals $1 trillion this year. And the shift to remote everything has only increased the need for a zero-trust architecture that reduces both cost and complexity. It's Microsoft, so they do have a section on gaming. Obviously, that's important to them. I'm going to skip that one for today, but certainly that's part of their strategy. But they haven't really brought gaming into business quite yet. It's still, in the annual report, focused more on entertainment, community, uh, those kind of things. And then they talk about their Achieve More strategy and four important attributes of Achieve More. One, 
support inclusive economic opportunity. What do they mean by inclusive? Well, they want to ensure that economic growth is inclusive. And that means protecting public health, equipping everyone with skills and technology and opportunity to pursue the in-demand jobs of a changing economy. It covers expanding broadband access, prioritizing accessibility for the disabled people in the world, and nonprofits. And that what they mean by that is making their technology affordable and accessible to nonprofit organizations around the world. So that's the first attribute, support inclusive economic opportunity. The second one is protect fundamental rights. And clearly they're focused on individual rights, black and African American community, vulnerable communities, racial injustice, democracy itself. They're very strong about that in their annual report. It's clear. Third, commit to a sustainable future. So here in Microsoft now, we see sustainability. And their focus is, is the planet and a more sustainable future. So wastewater, carbon negative are our key capabilities they're looking at as a company. And finally, the fourth one is earning trust. So they're all about building trust in technology and its use, privacy, data protection. If you see Microsoft's strategy on privacy and data protection, it's very different from other companies. And they really want to be known as a company that is really on top of that. Security is fundamental as the world gets more complex. So they actually have a digital crimes unit inside of Microsoft, the international team of technical, legal, and business experts. And they're really focused on disrupting the threats that target governments, universities, human rights organizations, individuals, and more. So there you go. That's IBM and Microsoft. And I hope you enjoyed this little overview of these annual reports. If you like the way I cover annual reports and you want to hear more, let me know. Drop me an email. Happy to do so. Have a nice day, everyone. Thanks for joining us this week for Innovation Talks with Paul Heller. For additional information on today's topic, check out sophion.com, S-O-P-H-E-O-N.com, where you will find plenty of innovation-centric content and corporate best practices. If you'd like to discuss anything with Paul or would like to get in touch with the show, email us at talks at sophion.com.